Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We're going to get you a few more. So, uh, but uh, we're excited to have Coach join us. I know Coach is uh, in, in recruiting out of state, which state we will not discuss, but uh, maybe he will. But he will be joining us over the phone, uh, Coach uh, Mark Montgomery, who is uh, part of Coach Izzo's staff. And we're kind of we're excited to hear what he has to say. Coach, are you on? We got Coach Montgomery joining us. I am here. Coach, how you doing, Coach? I'm great. I'm great. Yourself? We are fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Coach. We really, truly, truly appreciate your time. Can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. I'm here with my co-host, David Klein from uh, Spartan Hoops. And, uh, you know, we know this is a very, very important time of the year. It's obviously very busy. So we really appreciate you carving out time to speak to us tonight. Uh, we know it's July 6th, and off-season workouts now have been going on for about a month. Um, can you kind of give us an idea of uh, what the day and grind is like for both you and the players and staff in terms of individual workouts, strength and conditioning, film sessions, group work? What is the emphasis for the players this part of the season, and what's the emphasis for the staff right now? Well, let's jump right into the players. Uh, I think they have it pretty easy, you know. They just have to go to class. Uh, they work out class. four times a week as in spring. <laughs> yeah, you have to go to class. Class? <laughs> According to Cardell, Cardell Jones, we came here to play school. We didn't come here to play school. We came here <laughs> to play football. Yeah. No, they're still student-athletes, a lot of our guys. Well, not all, all of our guys uh, take between uh, two, and three, two and three classes a summer to get ahead and take a lighter load uh, in the fall. But most of the guys are in an online class uh, for six weeks. It's just ended. Actually, second semester started yesterday. Uh, we strengthen conditioning four times a week. And then we try to do, we get four hours with them with skill and development and basketball stuff. So uh, it kind of varies for us right now because we're back on the road recruiting. But we would try to carve out at least a, a Tuesday, Thursday of uh, skill instruction Uh for the guys, uh, and then the guys suddenly just started, you know, money ball right there at whole high school. Yeah, so that's every Tuesday and Thursday night where they play. You know, it's games at six, seven, and eight. So our guys stay busy, but at, but at the same time, it's the summer. It's not as taxing, but they're always doing something. And now on the coaches' side, you know, our calendar is crazy. You know, it starts. Uh, it, it really started in June. When uh, you know the NCAA allowed us to go to high school certified events in different states, so that carves off three of our weekends in June. So that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you know it was B Cam was one weekend at uh, Grand Valley. The next weekend we're at uh, we're two places. We're in Ohio, and at the same time we're in Indianapolis. So we're bouncing back to two different places at the Charlie Hughes tournament 
in the Ohio versus Michigan tournament. So it's always recruiting no matter what. And then you have to tie in where juniors can take official visits. So in June, you're squeezing in recruiting, and on top of that, you're bringing the top juniors in. Uh, we've had a few visits in where you're trying to lock up kids early or at least getting them on campus now in the summer, a lot like football, to bring them back in the fall. So it doesn't, it does, it doesn't end, Brian, you know, like today started another recruiting period where we're out Wednesday through Sunday. I just landed in Atlanta, myself, Coach Izzo, Thomas Kelly. We watched one of our top prospects. He's on a plane right now going to Kansas City to get to EYBL so we can watch some of our other top prospects. So uh, it's not a slow summer, I can tell you that. Mm. Coach, I'd assume this time of the year the staff's really just trying to get a pulse on what they have in the fold. You're entering the season with 10 scholarship players, five of whom are upperclassmen, two are heading their second year, and three are freshmen. Uh, at this point in the season, do you have an idea of the rel relative strengths and weaknesses on the roster, at least an initial impression? And what have you seen so far that excites you about this group? Well, I see our leaders are going to be, you know, A.J. Hogart, Tyson Walker, uh, Joey Hauser, and Malik Hall. They all have unbelievable experience from uh, the years they've been here. They've been in college multiple years. They've been through the wars. They know what it's like uh, – you know, from the start of September to getting you all the way to March, um, which the, the improvement parts are Pierre Brooks and Jay Makins, where they're ready to take that next step. They have shown uh, growth here in the off season with strength and conditioning, skill development, and ready to take a bigger roles. And then you throw in body, uh, Big Body, who's, who was kind of behind Julius Marble and uh, Marcus Bingham. He's taken a big step, and then when uh, the, the freshmen come in, they're still green, but uh, I definitely like their work ethic. Trey Holloman, I can see him getting minutes. Jackson Cole are very skilled bigs. And Carson Cooper has raised eyebrows. Mm. I mean, he's a, he's a lot more skilled, a lot more athletic. That uh, That's good to see. But I, I see that we're going to have a close knit because all our guys are going to be in that playing rotation when you're getting 20 to 30 minutes a game. Um, you're going to be called upon. But at the same time, you're not looking over your shoulders. We like the development when our, in the time our guys are putting in. We have a tight group. We didn't go into transport portal because we feel good on what we have. We just have to stay free from injuries. Well, we didn't have much from last year. But uh, I see that we're going to be still an up-tempo team, very explosive, variety of scores. Uh, I, I can see this team having – you know, four or five guys in double figures easy. Good. Coach, you like my shirt? Well, I, I can't see it. <laughs> I can't see your shirt. <laughs> I can only be honest. I hope you have one of those Spartan dogs for life shirts. We do. Kevin, what do you we have got, on? We're going to get you one. We're going to get you one. We yeah, do. I, <laughs> yeah I, I am a Spartan dog, now. Don't, ah, right don't forget it. I played from 88 to 92. Absolutely. So I put enough years. Damn, uh, and did I at least deserve a shirt? Damn right, you black, green, and white, and uh, we love you for it, and we're so happy you're part of the program. And uh, you know, so coach, like the last couple of years, we've seen kind of a, kind of like a, you know, bleeding of points in in, in the lane. Um, yeah. And it really, like, you know, I hate to be critical, but we've kind of seen some inconsistency in uh, really uh, finishing defensive plays and rebounding. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, I have to imagine, given Coach Izzy's history with the war drill, physicality, loving football, he's not exactly happy with this. Um, I don't really know how much Coach is really happy with at all, period. But anyway, that in particular. Um, I have to imagine this hasn't been sitting well with Coach. Um, has this been... But you know, yeah. Go ahead. Has this been the focus of the offseason? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Finish Go ahead. that. Just has this been the focus of the offseason, and, and, and how are we, you know, going to gonna come after that, attack that? Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because, uh, you know, our guys left every morning, and Coach was in there very animated this morning about 8 o'clock that uh, we're going back old school. We're where, you know, old you school. Lead the Big Ten and, <laughs> you know, where you lead the, the, the Big Ten and rebounding, if we're, and then we're going to be tough as nails defensively. But the the emphasis that we put on that how much we believe in this group is how we schedule. And you know Coach's philosophy, anytime, anywhere, any place, when you look at the schedule, we're going to have to be uh, we're gonna have to be able to defend that ball early because, you know, we, we got Kentucky early, we got the Zags, Going to get on the schedule. We have Villanova. We have the PK85. So we do have to get back to controlling the paint. Where uh, at times we were very good at it last year, and, and we got to get back to that and have more consistency there. But you got to start on the anytime you can defend and rebound, you're going to be in every game. And we are in most games. But like you said, we didn't finish some games. If you go back, to, I don't like to think about last year. I'm trying to go more to the future, but that. Duke game was right there in the hinge yeah. with five minutes to go, and we didn't get those defensive stops like we're accustomed to. But no, we're back to old Spartan basketball. We're going to be competing for Big Ten championships, especially those last two weeks of the season, and we'll make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. That's the expectation. That's what guys are working for. It starts in the weight room. The mentality of we're going to get it done no matter what, and uh, it's been a strong emphasis. We've shown some, some videos, per se, back old school. And there's nothing wrong with old school. Because if you go back to 18, 19, and 20, when we are winning those Big Ten championships, that's what those teams did. The team in 19 got to the Final Four. The team in 2020, people almost forget about that year. We did finish 14 and 6 in first place in the Big Ten. And we were probably going to be a number one or two seed going into that tournament. So that's where we want to get it back to. That's what gets uh, everyone excited. Isn't that, isn't that funny how 18 and 19 are considered old school? It's fast how time flies, right? Because uh, 18, we're, I think we lost three Big Ten games, won the Big Ten championship. 19, or the, the, the 19 obviously made it to the Final Four. 20, minus COVID, we were probably the favorite to win it all. And it's just amazing yep. the, the short memory that people have. But uh, we're... Um, there's no doubt here in Coach Izzo. No doubt at all. Now, you know, it's right that the success coaches had, you know, when we're, if it's recruiting or you're talking basketball, the eight Final Fours, the Big Ten Championships, they don't go away. They're just accustomed to see it year in and year out. And, and COVID did hurt. And it probably hurt a lot of teams, but it hurt us. Last year, we, we quite didn't uh, get to where we wanted to get to. We still made a run, but uh, we'll fix that thing next year and get that thing back to uh, Spartan basketball where, where you win the Big Ten championships and you get to those Final Fours. And that's the bar that Coach set, and that's what we want to sustain. Absolutely. Well, just speaking a little bit about the rebounding, obviously it's a, it's a team 
necessity, and I think maybe some of the wings haven't quite rebounded in the way that we've seen them typically. Um, can you just touch right. a little bit on Malik Hall making a transition to small forward? Is that kind of somewhat in the works? Is that the at least initial plan for him to play both the three and the four this year? Do you think that he's going to be able to maybe assist with some of that? And just maybe speak a little bit to his you know growing role in the program. Well, I definitely think it'll help rebounding because when you have big wings and he's played physical and he gets down there in the trenches, um, that's going to help us. Um, you know, Jay Nakin's very explosive guard. He doesn't mind getting his nose dirty. He was more of an energy guy. Not saying Max Christie and Gabe Brown um, didn't rebound at the high level that we wanted to, but I think with Malik Hall playing that three, he might not be good in certain areas, but he's going to bring that toughness to grit, um, probably get us to the free throw line, and he has expanded his three ball where he did shoot a high percentage. So we can post them. So you got to, every team's going to have to figure out their own identity. But with Malik Hall, with his physical toughness, you take Pierre Brooks, who's 220, 225. He's trimmed down. Mm. He's going to give us that physicality. Um, then all of a sudden, AJ Hoggart, big guard, his strength is going to get us some rebounding. It's still by committee. But your fours and fives, Joey Hauser is a very good cutout guy. He pays close attention uh, details. Julie's cutting his guy out. Might not be the high flyer, but his man's not going to get the ball. Body's a defensive presence. We're going to bring the freshman along. Our defense, I can see it improving big time come here uh, next season. That's good. You know, you mentioned by committee, right? When you look at like you've been a part of a lot of teams that are both have uh, as a player and as a coach, um, and we know Coach Izzo believes that the best teams are, are player-led coaches, and and you know as well as I do that a team success is is really depending on the leadership and the chemistry of a group. Um, who who are the players that have seized control of this year's squad, and and what has the locker room vibe been like? I think it's been very positive. Let's just start with that. With A.J. Holger, his mentality is he's a tough, silly kid that uh, he had a big sophomore season. That's only going to help him going into his junior year. If you take Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, him coming back with his leadership, his tournament run, that's only going to help. And then Tyson Walker's been through it all, hit some big shots. Small in stature, plays tough, he's physical. So I just think that our lineup fluctuate different ways. If we go small ball, if we play big, um, but it's going to start with those four. I think it's AJ Hogart has made a big step this summer, being more vocal. Malik Hall will be more vocal his senior year. Even Joey Hauser, he's talking more. And then Jay Naked, he is a guy that all he does is put nothing but time in. He's going to make a huge step. And he, does, and he can do it on both ends of the floor. So I think it's going to be by committee, but it, it really starts with your point guard. A.J. Hogart has to be the lockdown guy, stay in the lane. He's improving his shot. So he's going to be that vocal guy that uh, sometimes you got you got to rail the mail a little bit, but uh, right now that's our, <laughs> alpha, that's our alpha dog. I yeah. love that alpha dog. That's what I want. I want that alpha dog, Coach. Bring him. That's what we're used to. I went to the money ball. He looked yeah, no, locked no, no, in already this summer. <laughs> Sorry, go, go ahead, Coach. Yeah, it, you know, it definitely starts at your, your point guard because, you, you know, he's the head of the attack. So when he's picking up and he's playing aggressive, and he had those games last year, 
you go back to the Purdue game where he played unbelievable locking down Ivy. And then if you look at the Johnny Davis game when we won at Wisconsin. So, you know, it's going to start on the defensive end, but it starts with your point guards. But at the same time, Walker doesn't back down. I thought he just improved, improved, improved. And I think he's going to have a, a huge senior year too. Coach, I know you're busy. We'll get you out of here with just one more question. You, you kind of touched on it a little yep. bit with the uh, rotational flexibility, the ability to play three-guard lineups, maybe you go small ball and you put Hauser and Hall at the four and five in spots, the ability to play a little bit bigger with a traditional center. Are we going to see more Tyson Walker off ball? We saw that a little bit more towards the end of last season. Um, I think it looked pretty good. Um, just looking up some of his numbers, he was an excellent spot-up shooter. He's a guy that maybe – was kind of split somewhere between playmaking and shot hunting last year. And I think what we saw as the season grew, he got a little bit more comfortable in the role of finding his own, which is really what he did at Northeastern. So are you going to kind of set him to hunting more this season, letting AJ kind of play more of that point guard role and setting up the rest of the roster? How do you kind of see the two of them uh, split in time at the one, two position? We have, they did have impressive runs together. We can definitely see them, um, playing together a lot more uh, this coming season. Walker was really our best three-point shooting guard. Big, big shots. He shot at a high percentage. I don't have it in front of me, but it was over 40-some percent. So he's comfortable off the ball. And comfortable now that he's played on the ball, he knows both spots. And then you have another whole summer to, uh, to get even more acclimated with that. Uh, I thought that uh, when you can have multiple guys get their own shot, live in the paint, then spray it out. I thought we were very effective. The game now is more pick and roll, ball screen, make some things happen downhill. Both those guys are very good at that. Walker's good at he can come off side set and make the three. is working on it, but that's natural for, for Walker because that's what his role was at Northeastern. Go out and score the ball, get his 18-20 a game. It's a mentality He's more comfortable with the system. He knows what we want. He's going to have to score the ball, no doubt about it. Well, well Coach, I really appreciate you joining us tonight, and uh, thank you so much. I know you're busy. We're really excited to see what's in store for you. I got one last question for you. I know you can't talk about recruits, but XB. Are yep. we getting XB or what? Like, what do we got? Like, how close are we? <laughs> we got <laughs> You definitely know I can't talk about recruiting. <laughs> We're out here. I'm not talking about. I'm just giving initials. We got them or what? What's going on? We're still working, guys. We're working daily. You know it's the grind, and it always will be. It's always the dog. Always recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Well, coach, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I know you're on the road. I appreciate yep. you joining uh, SD4L. You're a Spartan dog for life, obviously. And uh, we're wishing you nothing but the best. There's nobody here rooting for you more than we are. And, uh, you know, thank you for joining. God bless and go green. Thanks so much, Coach. Appreciate yeah. that, Coach. Go away. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks care. Me on. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I tell you, he's uh, done, a, done a nice job, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that was mm -hmm. fun. Uh, he he kind of touched on it. He tried to get the information out of him. He wanted to find out if he was going to bring uh, XB home, as he said. But uh, they've, been, they've been on him just consistently this whole offseason, so it's been great. And I want to give a thanks and a shout-out to Brian uh, for a little Spartan Hoops and now joining me, uh, Sleepers Media Takeover, for the rest of the show. 
my co-host uh, Carter Elliott is joining us. Oh, how you doing there, DK? Good man. Working your way into that seat. I know it's got, yeah, got to get yeah. a little comfortable in there. Get a little, a little down. Well, here, I was going to ask you what you thought about the interview, but I don't think you heard any of it. We had it all in our ear, so we won't be able to do that. Um, what we really want to just kind of discuss here tonight is uh, kind of a breakdown of the entire roster um, and just kind of our thoughts and heading into this offseason and, and what I think is a pretty pivotal season heading up for Michigan State after what I think is two seasons where they fell a little bit short of the expectations that Tom Izzo has set for the program over the course of the last two decades plus. So let's start with A.J. Hogard on this one. Um, I'm going to run some clips with him. The Purdue game where he really balled out, I thought, both games. Um, you know, just taking a look at kind of his stats, they don't leap off the page. He ends up splitting time between him and Tyson Walker at the point guard spot. It sounded like to me from what uh, Coach Montgomery was saying, this is going to be A.J.'s team this year. That's kind of what I thought we were seeing towards the end of last year. I uh, finished with seven points, 4.8 assists, uh, 2.3 rebounds in just 20 minutes uh, per game last season, shooting about 44% from the field. In games where he played 25 minutes per game, uh, only a total of six last year, which was Purdue twice, Illinois, Kansas game, at Wisconsin, high point. He scores in double digits every game, averages 13.7, 7.3 to 1.8, 3.5, and 1.2 steals per game while shooting 50% from the field. What are your expectations from him coming into this season? Uh, and just generally, what, what do you think he needs to be for this team for them to be successful in the Big Ten and beyond? Yeah, I think A.J. needs to be an alpha for this team. I think, like you mentioned, the games that he played where he played Kansas's and he played those big games, the highlights we're seeing right now, he always stepped up to the plate when the big games were, you know, when the bright lights were on. And I think he can do that consistently. He's going to be a junior this year. He's had two full summers in the program. He has the mentality. When you watch A.J. play, he's a dog. He encompasses what we say to each other being a Spartan dog. And he wants the big play. He wants the big moment. He has the experience. And going into his junior year, he needs to make a huge step. And this team needs him to make that step with the way the roster's made up. Yeah. And I think what we saw last year, there was a lot more emphasis on playing through the wings, both Gabe Brown and Max Christie. I think that we're going to see a more traditional pick-and-roll game like we saw with Cassius Winston. Uh, the synergy numbers on Hogard, he absolutely thrived in the pick-and-roll. 93rd percentile of all college basketball, 285 points and 261 possessions. Uh, his teammates shot 51.5% from the floor and pick and roll passes. I thought he kind of really lived in that space towards the end of the season. We're going to see that a lot more. Um, I'm going to give you some true and false on where I think the season's going for AJ. I'd like you to give me either true or false, and then we'll just have a brief discussion on okay. it. Okay. AJ leads the league in assists next year. True or false? False. Okay. I'm curious to see where you're going to go with that one. A.J. makes an all-conference team next season. True. A.J. averages 13 points per game or more next season. True. Okay, so give me his splits on what you think points per game, rebounds, and assists, and who do you think leads the league in assists if it's not A.J. next okay. year? Okay, well, for starters, the most important split that I need for next year, I need 25-plus minutes, minutes at minimum for A.J. next year. I think there's six-guy rotation on this team. These, those main six guys need to play 25-plus minutes. That can vary sometimes with Michigan State's rotation. I think next year it's fair to you know assume that I think A.J. could average around 14 points a game right there in that range, 13 and a half, maybe rounded up to 14 points, and somewhere close to about six to seven assists a game. Now, that should be good enough to win you know, the assist title in the Big Ten. 
but I have to stay strong with my sleeper pick and Paul Mulcahy from okay. Rutgers. Okay. He does it all. Ron Harper and the boys are gone this year. I think he's going to have a breakout year, and he's going to be up there for assists. But I think A.J. is certainly going to be in contention for that. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of right where I had it at, 14, 6, 6.5, and, and then uh, hopefully he grabs a couple more rebounds a game, 3.5 or so. Get that free throw percentage up, too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's got to play 25-plus, but I expect him to play, I'm hoping, closer than 30 minutes per game. I think we're going to see a lot more Tyson Walker off ball. Uh, I tried to try to get that out of Coach Montgomery a little bit, but um, I just think that Tyson is a guy that started hunting his shot a little bit later in the season. We saw the game winner against Purdue. Um, we saw in the Illinois game where he just absolutely came alive. I think he had like 18 in the last like six minutes. It was something ridiculous to mm-hmm. give him a shot to come back in it. Again, this, the numbers aren't like gaudy because of the split time at the point guard position between him and AJ Holgard. But I really thought that down the stretch, he finished the last 12 games of the season averaging 11.3, 4.3, and shooting 51.6% from two, 42.1% from deep. Uh, he ended up shooting just ridiculous, 47.3% from deep on the season. He's got to take more. He only took 74 shots. Um, with Gabe Brown heading out, really the premier, I think, kind of catch-and-shoot guy on the roster, I think that the natural fit, while Aikens is going to do some of that, is really Tyson Walker because his ability to create off the bounce, his ability to be able to create his own shot in the pick and roll. Uh, I, I just think that that's probably going to be a role that fits him well, playing beside AJ. And I'm curious to see how you kind of think that is because I think AJ can maybe guard the bigger guards mm-hmm. in that matchup. Where do you see Tyson kind of coming into this? Uh, I know your your partner on Sleepers Media, Greg's a little bit down on Tyson Walker. <laughs> I think he's gone too far in the other direction. I think this is a swing season for him. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Last year, watching Tyson, to me, just from the outside looking at it, it seemed like a player that was just thinking too much at times. You know, basketball is a simple game at a certain point. You come down, you come off a ball screen, you make a read, either make the pass or you go score. And it seemed to me like he was just thinking a little bit too much. Towards the end of the year, going off ball, I think kind of put him in a situation where he didn't have to think as much. He was getting passes off pick and rolls from AJ, basically, and he was able just to score the ball or make the extra pass to kind of get the guy uh, the next best shot. So I truly think that playing off ball role for him would be really good for him this year. And also, I think it gives Michigan State a little bit of flexibility. If AJ's not doing too well on the ball, you can always go back to Tyson. I mean, in that second half of that Illinois game, that was something that I just... Yeah, I love seeing it, but at the same time, I was like, where was that? Where, where's this been yeah. at? Like, he had this guy. Throwback to the Northeastern. Yeah, days. I was like, who, who put this guy in the Northeastern jersey? He has that type of ability off the pick and roll. And whether he's getting his shot or making a play, just him being a threat off of the pick and roll is going to open up so many more things for everybody else on this team. And that's going to lift his teammates up. So I truly think that, you know, he'll, he'll stop thinking as much this year. It's year two in the program, maybe a little less expectations coming into this year. You know, I think, I think it'll be good for him. I'm with you on that. I think it was just a confidence thing and part of it. I think it's learning the system. And we all know Coach Izzo is a tough player to play for. And just getting acclimated to the expectations, I think it took him a little time, but we started seeing some of the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that this season, um, as Coach Montgomery alluded to, he's in for a pretty big season. So I really think that the strength of this team is going to be in the guard play. That takes us to the next guy, Jaden Akins. Uh, Again, not extremely gaudy stats, 3.4 points per game, 2.4 rebounds per game, 14.8. He did shoot 38% from deep, which to me I thought was a little bit better than I thought on a lower volume. But he's a guy that if you're looking up and down on the roster, I wouldn't say there's like a 
ton of just like eye-popping athleticism and he's a guy that absolutely gives it I think that he's could easily be the best perimeter defender on the squad this year I think he's a guy that when you just look at kind of the role that he had in the offense which it, it it was almost just like an ancillary role where he's asked to rebound or he'd get the ball late in shot clocks and be asked to kind of force up a shot which you know sometimes he hit I think that the expectation should be that he gets the ball in his hand a little bit more that he's more involved in the offense because we saw in spurts we saw in the Baylor game he scores 12 points in 18 minutes uh, Baylor put two wings in the first round this year in Jeremy Soshan and Kendall Brown um, Michigan State really struggled to score in that second half and I thought he kind of popped um, just again with using some of his athleticism around the rim he had a tip tip dunk in there he, he attacked and finished through contact um, against Louisville and Wisconsin he's played just 10 minutes and 13 minutes respectively scored 10 points apiece I just think his role is going to increase uh, exponentially this season what do you think about where his role is going to be do you see him as a starter do you see him as the sixth man what are you thinking about Jaden coming into this season? Yeah, you know, for me, I see it as a way that he's going to be a starter for this team eventually. Now, I'm not saying when we roll out there for the Champions Classic that he's going to be out there, but I think towards the end of the season and when it gets to that winning time lineup, I think that Jaden Akins is going to have to be on the floor. For me, he's one of the reasons where, where you can look at Max Christie leaving and kind of, you know, wishing the best of luck and pat him on the back as he goes out the door because I think that this will be able to give us a chance to increase the role for Jaden. I mean, DK, me and you have been able to watch Jaden being from this area, and we've seen the type of player he can be where he is not just getting the ball on the shot clock with 10 seconds left or staying in the corner or getting it late shot clock and expected to make a play. This is a guy who can play with the ball in his hands, and like DK said, he has the tools. He's an explosive athlete. He's a good playmaker a good defender he does a lot of winning things I think we saw that playing at Sunrise Christian next to Kennedy Chandler and also kind of you know just finding his way on the team last year but I think with an increased role we'll be able to see the type of player that Jay Nakins is and I think he's a special player I think he's a player who I could pinpoint developing into an NBA talent by the time he leaves Michigan State and I feel confident saying that yeah I'm with you um, I've gotten a chance to watch him since junior year in high school I've loved just kind of tracking some of his growth he has the intangibles in terms of what you want from a guy. He's constantly rebounding. He's always hunting down loose balls. Um, but he has so much more to give as a shot creator and so scorer. So much more. Freak, athlete. He's really Freak just, athlete, too. just scratched the surface at it. The, the first step is unbelievable. Um, and he's just got to hone some of that. I, I think that um, when I went and saw him at Moneyball, he looks like he's put on about five or seven pounds in the upper frame, which I think he needed to do. Um, I'd like to see him attack the rim a little bit more. I think sometimes he's settled for that mid-range jumper a little bit too much. Um, he's going to get some spot-up situations because Tyson and AJ are going to create so much off the dribble. But he's also a guy that I'd like to see in maybe like a side pick and roll where he gets an isolation or just, just get him in an isolation spot on the wing and let him create for himself because that's where I think he really can be special. Um, he's got to play more PT. I mean, I, he played under 15 minutes per game last season. I need to see him play 25 minutes per game this season. I think that he complements nicely to what A.J. does. I, I think the, the flexibility, again, with Michigan State this season in the guard play is really going to be the strength of the roster. Whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, whether Walker comes off the bench because of his ability to play either the one or the two, I like that aspect as well. Um, but I think that you can really have a strong defensive tandem in Hogard and Aikens. And if you just take off the reins a little bit and let Aikens eat, I think we're going to be really, really satisfied with what we see this season. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. Um, and then that kind of takes us to the last guy, the incoming freshman, Trey Holloman. 
Um, Gatorade Player of the Year in Minnesota averaged 18.8, 10.4 assists per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 3.3 steals. I mean, those are basically video game numbers in it. Um, he's one of only three players in Minnesota basketball history, in the state of basketball history in Minnesota, to score 2,000 points, grab 1,000 rebounds, dish out 600 assists, and snag 400 steals. He's really a complete two-way player. Um, when I saw him at Moneyball, my initial thoughts were he needs to put some physical weight onto his frame. Um, I would say probably 8 to 10 pounds uh, just to be ready for the Big Ten and where he's coming in. But the way that he played and the way that I've seen him play just over the course of his high school and some of the events that he's played in, super smooth, cerebral player, high IQ. He sees the floor well. It almost just made me think like the game has slowed down already for him. And it's going to take some steps when he, when he comes into the college level and he plays at the Big Ten. I don't know what kind of role he's going to have this year, but I think in a year or two he's really going to be able to be pointed as a guy that's a catalyst for the future of Michigan State. And I like a lot of what I've seen early, and I'm excited to see kind of where it goes in terms of his physical development this offseason. Do you have any thoughts? On, I know you've watched a ton of film. You're a high school nut like me where you're just soaking up the film. What's your initial thoughts on him, and where do you think maybe he fits into this rotation this year? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's a guy that I'm not saying he's going to have major minute rotations this year, but he's a guy that he's going to find a way to get like some three or five minutes first where he gets out there. He's going to pick the guy he's guarding up full court. He's going to get into his chest, get into his jersey. And he's a guy that's going to make winning basketball plays. I think that down the road, we're really going to see what Trey Holloman is going to be as a player. But this year, we're just going to get little taste, little sparks of what he can bring to this team. He kind of gives me like a Travis Walton kind of vibes with the way he plays. Like that's, that's the, that's the spark that kind of came to my mind wasn't necessarily an offensive dynamite but he could you know he could get buckets when he needed to but on the defensive end just absolutely getting after it and always making winning plays and always doing the right thing I think this is going to be a guy that Spartan fans are going to fall in love love with going throughout the year just because the guy's going to do all the right things and make winning plays and you know that's a guy fans love coaches love and of course players love to have as their teammate Absolutely. And I think on the defensive side, you, you pointed it out. He's 6'3". I don't know. We haven't got an official measurement yet. I've got to find this information out. I have to imagine he's got like a plus four or five wingspan. I've seen some blocks where it just looks like, you know, his go-go gadget arms come yeah. out. I mean, he's stuffing people at the rim who are bigger than him, stronger than him. I, I just think, again, if you're looking up and down kind of the way Michigan State basketball has been the last couple of years, it feels like there's a lack of maybe – some intensity, some of that, like like we said about AJ, like that dog. dog. We've missed some of that <laughs> top to bottom in the roster, and he's a guy that I think is wired like guys we've seen in the past, and I'm really excited to see his development, like I said, over the year. Um, moving next to the wings and forwards. This is a little bit of a thinner position. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Only 10 guys on the scholarship um, this season, and Malik Hall transitioning to the small forward spot this year. Hall was a bit of an anomaly last season. You look at the Bahamas trip, I think it was like the perfect encapsulation of almost the season as a whole. The Chicago Loyola game, absolutely unbelievable. 24 points, he snagged seven boards, a perfect nine for nine from the field. I mean, he basically carried them, and then they end up finishing that game. I think it was it was like a lob pass from Walker to Bingham, wasn't it, to finish yep. that first game mm -hmm. out? And just like, okay, like really, really solid win. The next two games, he ends up you know, finishing with five points total and going one from eight from the field over the next two to finish the, the Bahamas trip. And it was just a, it was a situation where he finished the season scoring double digits 15 out of 36 times, but simultaneously had 14 games where he scored five or fewer points. 
And I think the inconsistency for him last year, some of that, again, was almost similar to me for A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker, where they're splitting time mm-hmm. at the position, so they never really had enough run to be able to show kind of what they were. But I think also he got banged up a little bit at the end of the season. He had a wrist injury. He had a lower body injury. Um, and it just didn't look like mentally he was 100% engaged. He's a captain last year. I would expect him to be a captain again this year. Um, he really needs to be, whether it's vocally or not, I, th- I think there's other guys going to take that role. But on the court, he needs to be the guy that we saw in spurts, the guy in the Wisconsin game where he has that like dribble um, spin move dunk oh, yeah. in the middle of the lane. And you're just like, that's the guy that I want to see. That's the dude where like, if he comes to play like that with that type of hunger, like he's going to make an all-conference type team this season. So where do you stand on – a, his transition to a new position, and then B, kind of where you think he needs to go for Michigan State to reach their ceiling this year. So in regards to the new position thing, for me, it's interesting just because I, obviously we see these highlights here. Malik has the ability to kind of catch it on the wing, rip, go, score, post up smaller guys, and also have the ability to knock down the three as well, which can create mismatch at that three position. Um, now, I'm a little skeptical as far as will he be able to do kind of a pick and roll from the wing as well? I mean, when you have a situation, maybe a, a Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, pick and pop, I think it could be something that could be utilized. But for me, it was Malik Hall's having these spurs and we see the ability he has and when he disappears he completely disappears it's not like he's he's not impacting the game in other ways that lead to winning as well we need him to be locked in as far as it doesn't always have to be 20 point outings but we need aggression out of him we need him to make his presence felt because I mean you pointed at Wisconsin game there was times last year where I watched Malik Hall and I'm like this kid is an all Big Ten player and it's, it's not even up for discussion so the ability is there. I just think that, you know, having him healthy, having him mentally locked in to the game will, you know, help the team. But I certainly think that he has the ability to play the three position. Yeah, and I'm with you there. I think that if you look at kind of his splits on synergy and how he operated, he was basically on the wing for large portions. He split his time. 30% of his possessions were as a spot-up option on the wing. And then he spent about 20% in the post as kind of that mismatch option. I think it, it will be interesting to see defensively how that 3-4 pairing yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. Um, the lateral quickness is not 100% there. I think Hall has always done a nice job showing maybe some of his strength, taking better angles, using his body on quicker defenders. The one nice thing is there's been a bit of an exodus in the Big Ten in terms of the wing talent. So there is some wings. Obviously, Illinois, Michigan has some. But I would say the overall depth and talent of the wing position is down in the conference, which yeah. I think is helpful. Um, but I don't see him having any issue um, being able to maybe exploit some smaller guys on the wing down in the post. I think they'll be creative again with the way that they use him, whether it's at the elbow or it's the post or he's as a spot-up option with the guards creating. Um, he has the capability, again, of landing on an all-conference team, of being one of the 15 best players in the conference. Um, I think it's a lot has to do with what's between the ears for him this season um, and I'm just hoping that from, from day one he brings it and he just plays consistently. Because if he plays consistently um, and A.J. does the same, Michigan State has two really, really nice pieces this season 
Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here for him. If Malik sees a guy across from him and he knows in his head, Malik knows his ability, and he looks at him, he's like, that guy cannot guard me. You need to go out there and show him he can't guard you because he has that ability. He was, he was doing it in this game. They put Tate Hall on him. I love Loyola Chicago. I love Tate Hall. But Malik Hall looked at him and said, this guy cannot check me. And he has yeah. the ability to do that. And there are players in this conference that also cannot check Malik Hall. So he needs to take advantage of that this year. He's an older guy. He has the ability to do so. I believe he can do so. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to Joey Hauser, I don't think we really fully understood what a big play it was that he came back, especially with the way that they handled the portal. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely massive. He ends up shooting 40.8% from deep. I think this was the shooter that we thought we were going to get um, when he first stepped on campus. Again, I think that he had a tough transition period. He would have looked so nice next to Cassius Winston where he's just a spot-up pick-and-pop option yeah. as the four, doesn't get the opportunity to play. They don't have a point guard his first year, which I think we both said like that clearly affected his ability. And then I think he lost his confidence along the way. He really struggled at the beginning of last season. I don't know if you remember, but the first eight games, he was shooting like 30% from three. It looked like it was going to just be, again, a situation where he wasn't 100% confident in the player that he was. He was able to right the ship there. Uh, I think that a lot of that had to do with just the confidence that Izzo was publicly saying, like, this guy's been killing it. He's capable of doing it. And then we see kind of what he can give you. I mean, without Joey Hauser last year, we don't make it out of the, the first game against Davidson. He put on an absolute performance. He needs to be utilized in a specific role. And I think too often what we've seen over the years is they try to make him into a playmaker. When he puts the ball on the deck, I don't love when he takes maybe more than a dribble or two. I wish that they would cut some of that out. He's a pick and pop maestro. He's the guy that you want coming off it and just shooting. Like again, with the exodus of Gabe Brown and Max Christie, your two high volume three-point shooters, Tyson Walker's gonna have to step into that role. But I think the other guy that really needs to take advantage of the three-point shots that are gonna come from the point guard and the shooting guard position is Joey Hauser, because there's no reason why he shouldn't take five threes a game this year. I don't want him, I would either want him in the post, playing a little post-up if he sees a matchup, or taking like a one dribble pull up in the mid range or shooting a, a catch and shoot three. Like I don't really want to see him doing anything. Like just focus on what really he excels at. Thoughts on Joey? What do you think he, you know, both of them are going to get a lot more PT this season. So how do you like the two of them playing next to each other? And what do you see this kind of playing out this year? Well, first off, I just want to say that I'm the leader of the Joey Hauser fan club. That guy gets so much crap. I feel that's unwarranted sometimes. It's like if I got mad at you, DK, for being being tall. Like you, you can't help that you're tall. I can't. I can't go out there and be like DK, go be short. And then you, that's that's not something you can do. So everyone gets mad at Joey Hauser for things such as post defense or things that he just can't do as a basketball player when you really just need to realize that we have a pick and pop maestro. Like you said, we got a guy that we can count on to shoot 40% from three. And if he gives us that, that's all we need. 40% from three. He's one of the best rebounders on the team, which I don't think is the best returning defensive rebounder on the team. I don't think anyone gives him credit for that. No. Like he, he, he positionally is great. Yeah. Positionally, he's a great rebounder. He has the ability to knock down the three. He shot 40% from three last year. There's not much I can ask from him. And of course, in this Davidson game, he was saving us and he had an unbelievable game, knocking it down, knocking down shots. Uh, I think that he can do this for us next year, especially having AJ in the pick and roll. Like AJ, Hauser pick and rolls, Tyson Hauser pick and pops. Like I think those could be very beneficial to our team. And like I said, you just, we just need 
Joey to play his game. It's like when you're playing one-on-one -on -one and you're like, all right, we're only playing three dribbles. I think that rule needs to apply to Joey in the real game. No more than two to three. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to catch a rebound and bring it up. Just, you know, do what yeah. you do on the glass. Please don't bring it up. Do Just not kick bring it, it, kick it no. to the PG. Please, please find the PG cut in the center <laughs> circle. I know that state does that. Find the PG cut in the center circle and we'll be all right. I'm with you on that. I think he's in line for a bigger role. Um, obviously, you, again, you didn't get to hear, but Coach Montgomery said he thought he could see four or five guys in double digits. I could absolutely see that too. If you're looking at A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, and Joey Hauser, and then maybe one more other guy kind of emerges to that fringe area. But Joey, to me, is a guy that can absolutely get into double digits. He could very well end up leading the team in rebounds this year. And if he's just utilized in a very efficient and effective role, as we discussed, I think he can become a really crucial piece to that. If you're looking at just teams up and down the board, who wouldn't want a guy that's 6'9 to be able to knock down shots and rebound? Like that's what you want from the four position. And they have that ability this year um, to do it. So him and Hall, again, maybe defensively, uh, there's gonna be some issues against some certain lineups, a lot, again, <laughs> laterally a little bit. But I think that it's a situation where offensively the versatility that the two can provide in terms of being able to score at all three levels, really. And, and I'm excited to see how they pair, what they look like. And again, we might see them at the four and five in some spots this year, too, with a three-guard lineup. But like that kind of gets me excited. Maybe we play a little smaller this season in spots for five, eight minutes a game where, yeah, you're going to give up some stuff in the paint. But the offensive versatility that could be provided with those guys at those positions when you slide them down, again, kind of makes it an exciting thing. And the last guy that's going to back up both the forward spots, really the only um, true wing, I guess, that you'd say more of a forward, in my opinion, is Pierre Brooks. Um, has been putting on a, a clinic at Moneyball. I mean, that's kind of where he would thrive in this type of situation. He's, he's a in-the-gym type shooter, right? He can come in. He can pull up from anywhere. He did it all in high school. What I wanted to see really when I saw him live at Moneyball and just this, this season heading into it is I wanted to see him trim weight, which he did. He's down 20 pounds from when he first came on campus originally at Michigan State. He looked thinner. He looked like he was moving a little bit better. I still think ultimately maybe his best position is going to be at the power forward spot long term mm -hmm. um, just because, again, him and Malik Hall kind of have that similar build where maybe they're not the greatest lateral athletes, um, but they use their strength and their lower half strength particularly very well. Um, I feel more comfortable after seeing him, and I'm curious because I know you're going to eventually go out. I, mm -hmm. I want to know what you think after you do it. I think he's going to be able to give us a competent 15 to 18 minutes per game, and he's going to need to this season. So what are you expecting from him coming in, and what are you just hoping? What do you think his role should be with this squad this year? Well, I mean, with any guy coming into their sophomore year, I'm just looking for him to take that step, right? Uh, you got a guy in Pierre Brooks who in high school, I was able to watch him at Frederick Douglass. I mean, prolific scorer, Mr. Basketball. He did it all. Playing for his, I mean, playing for your father in high school and then going to play for Tom Izzo is maybe one of the biggest adjustments in college basketball history if we look in through time. So His shot selection changed a little dramatically. Uh, just a teeny, <laughs> just a teeny frowny bit. You said in the gym range. He actually probably had a little bit in the gym range, actually, when he came to some PSL games. But like I said, like you said, you know, he's able to change his body. I think that, you know, moving forward in Pierre Brooks's career, there's going to be a role for him on this team. I think especially being a stocky 3-4 guy, maybe in the next year when Malik Hall and Joey Hauser move on and graduation and go to the next steps in their career. But, you know, as a, as a necessity-wise right now, we were not able to pick up wings or anything like that in the portal. So there's a necessity for guys like Pierre Brooks to play. So, you know, 
we need him to be ready. We need him to get these reps. Um, it's good to see that he's changed his body. Uh, it's good to see that he's taking steps in Moneyball. I you know, always take Moneyball with a grain of salt, just like you do. That's just the way it is. But it's good to see that he's doing things as far as transforming his body. That's always the first step. Now it's to him buying into Tom Izzo, what he's telling him. And I think he'll be able to do it. He'll, he seems like a coachable kid, a guy who's going to make the right steps to make the right plays. And I think he will contribute for our program this year. Yeah, I think he's averaging over 40 a game at Moneyball. That's all taken with a grain of salt. But I think that it's important for him in these circumstances to just play with a little confidence, right? Oh, yeah. He's let, a guy let, that let, let basically was the guy at his high school. He only logs minutes in 25 out of 36 games, played 3.7 minutes per game. And uh, there was an article, I think Kyle, Kyle Austin wrote it, just about how his mentality had to change in the middle of the season. He's not accustomed to not being able to be a, a part and parcel of – you know the team's success and so when you come in as a freshman you have to reset some of the expectations he was able to do that this season it looks like he's taken his body very seriously I think that continues to show this offseason and him just getting shots up and seeing the ball go in I think it's a wonder for him we saw in that UConn game it was kind of a little flash in the pan that we saw this season he comes in he scores a quick two and he hits a three in like maybe three minutes he scores a quick five points in a game where Michigan State goes on to win and maybe they don't without those points so I think that he's gotten a little taste of it he's going to get a huge opportunity this season and he needs to fully seize it because there's really there's nobody to look over the shoulder at he's got to be the guy that takes these minutes and I think that once you see him um, you're going to say to yourself, this is a guy that can come in, give us some catch and shoot. I think he's going to be able to give us some buckets. He needs to defend as the, to the best of his ability. And I think he needs to rebound too, because we talked about it. This team has gotten beaten up on the glass recently. It's got to be a, a rebounding by committee. And he can be part of that because of his size and, and some of his vertical athleticism. So uh, that takes us to the bigs. This is where it gets a little scary, Car. This gets a little scary. Uh, let me lock in. Um, <laughs> For a program that was built on playing tough interior defense and cleaning the windows, we have not seen that over the last two years. It's been a bit brutal. Um, we finished top 50 in two field goal defense in back-to-back -back years in 2019 and 2020. Um, 38th and 47th. In two, 2021, we plummeted to 241st. And 2022, 184th. Like, fell off the map the last two seasons on protecting the paint particularly I would say from the center position, but I think again, it's gotta be everybody. It's gotta be the wings rebounding, it's gotta be the guards. There really needs to be an emphasis on that this off season. Um, I, we're in the same position here. I thought that they absolutely needed to attack center in the transfer portal. Um, I'm hopeful that Maddie Sissoko can take a large leap this season and, and Coach Montgomery alluded to that, that he, that he has taken that step. We're not going to be able to identify that until the play starts. Um, he's going to get Drew Timmy and then Oscar Shibwe in back-to-back -back games to start the season. <laughs> I would say maybe two of the top three, four, five centers in the entire country. Yeah. And very different, right? Like Oscar is a physical presence, which I think he matches up with well, at least in theory. Uh, Drew Timmy a little bit more of a slippery guy in the post. That's going to be a very difficult matchup for him. Um, there's a lot riding on the Maddie Sissoko train this season. And while I think physically he has all the tools that you want and probably Izzo has dreamed up in a lab in terms of 230, he's absolutely cut from like granite. And he has both physical leaping ability. I think he moves reasonably well for a guy his size. There's a lot to like about it. He hasn't really been able to show on the court that he can take that step. 
And the one hesitation that I have with it is the staff ends up playing him less minutes as a sophomore than they did as a freshman with one less center in the rotation. It doesn't make me exactly feel warm and fuzzy about that situation, um, but here we are. We have him, and then we have two freshmen in coming in, Jackson Kohler, who I know we're both very high about, particularly offensively, and then Carson Cooper. And I just want to take a brief minute to talk about Carson Cooper. I've been begging for like a 6'10", 6'11", center with some athleticism. Um, you know, we had Bingham who had his length, but I wouldn't ever say you know, he was a guy that really fit the mold of kind of that physical nature that you see in the Big Ten, and I think that was lamented in a certain parts by the staff. I think that Carson Cooper is going to develop into a very good player. I think it was a diamond in the rough snag. I'm not sure about his level of impact this season. I think long term, he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute, and I'm really excited to see his growth. Um, but I, I, I'd like to add, I'm a little bit nervous about what the center spot looks like next year. Are we going to end up with Joey Hauser playing like eight to ten minutes at the center spot? I, I'm concerned. Where are you at with it? Where's the pulse check? So I, I would be a little more confident if you, like you said, Carson was a diamond in the rough. I kind of wanted to add a couple other diamonds not in the rough. Like out of the, I wanted, I wanted some actual diamonds out of the portal that I didn't have to, you know, wait on to come around. Like, I think that Carson Cooper will end up contributing at Michigan State. Like you said, the athleticism is there, and you can't teach size, and he's not a stiff either. Like he's not a stiff athlete. He's a fluid athlete. That'll be something. Uh, but as far as him being in serious contention for the rotation this year, that scares me a little bit. Um, like I said, like you said with Maddie, you know, he's a junior now. He's had you know two summers third third year with the program you know last year we didn't really even see i would i would to be honest frankly honest i didn't see really much of any type of improvement so eventually you can't just wait for a guy for the flip the switch because all of a sudden it's you know let's say it's senior year and it still hasn't come together maybe it just doesn't come together sometimes players go through their college careers and it never really fully comes together whether they got the physical makeup the mental makeup whatever it is it just doesn't work out for that player um Unfortunately, this is the hand we've been dealt, and we're going to need big minutes out of Matty. Uh, at worst, you got a guy that is mobile, big, strong, and has five fouls, and he'll have that every single basketball game. Yeah. And you and know he's what? He's going to use them. He's going to use quite a bit. Uh, yeah, he'll, fi he'll find a way to use them. He definitely will find a way to use them. But we're going to need something from him. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't see it as a guy who was ranked as a top 40 kid coming out of high school. It's, it's there. You don't just get that ranking out of nowhere. Now, those rankings come with potential, obviously. Um, and we really haven't seen that come to fruition yet. But you mentioned that Coach Montgomery said that he's taking steps during this summer. I'm going to believe him when he says that. And if he is taking steps, that's huge for our rotation because it's thin, like you said. And we're going to need serious minutes with him on the basketball yeah, court. I think he's got to play 15 to 18 minutes per game. He's got to give you. We have no choice. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you're looking for him to do is clean the glass, protect the rim, be physical with some of the guys you're going to have. And – the talent of the center spot has gone down a little bit in the conference. I'd say the last couple years, it was really good two years ago. It was pretty damn good last year. Um, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, I guess you could throw Trace Jackson. I think Michigan State has always game planned really well for him. I mean, you look at the guys that they had, like Maddie played a couple minutes less for the most part. And I think I think they, they kind of just strung it together. Marble played big minutes. Bingham played a couple, like, They've always kind of been able to defend Trace Jackson Davis, so I don't necessarily put him in the same category in terms of like just physical brutes that are just going to overwhelm you in the paint. Um, but there's a couple of them this year, and those games that you're playing against those guys, 
I think that there is going to be concern. After you watch a guy like Ryan Young drop 18-8 and eight on us in our own building, you say Joey Brunk score 18 on us, Hunter Dickinson drop 33. Like, there's some concern that I have, and I think that with how good the guard play is, um, I would have liked to see them go out and get more of a sure thing at the center spot. Um, again, we, we've only briefly touched on Jackson Kohler. I think offensively, the package that he has is as good as I've seen from a high school player. Like his footwork, the fundamentalness, his ability to create a shot for himself with a little turnaround mid-ranger. He can pick and pop and stretch it out to three. There's a lot to like. I think physically he needs to continue to develop, and this year is going to be it's good. this year's going to be a bit of ups and downs. He's going to have some games where he scores in double digits, and there's going to be some games where he gets a little bit overwhelmed in the post, and that's asking him to be you know, just like a, a sure thing is not exactly fair to him, I think, coming into the season. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic that Maddie's going to take the step, that Kohler is capable of giving us another 15 minutes per game, and then maybe you patch it together where you play a little bit of small ball like we discussed, and you get kind of offensive versatile, and you make other teams guard the guy that can step out and hit some shots. I'd like to see Michigan State maybe impose their stylistic play on other teams in spots in the season, and I guess we're going to see what it is. I mean, to a certain degree, Tom has kind of rolled the dice on the season for the center spot because I think every everything else kind of comes together pretty well, and he's not a guy that really um, is afraid to do so, and when everybody thinks that he's wrong, he really steps into it and usually – He's right, so I really hope that he is this season. That's, I that's I, cer- I certainly hope he is, too. I, I hope my coach is never wrong. I hope he's always right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that'll wrap up the show today. Again, a special thanks to Brian and Coach Montgomery for coming on um, and for allowing us to, to take over the set today. Hope that you guys all enjoyed it. Um, again, you can find me at SpartanHoops underscore DK. Carter Elliott with two Ts underscore. Uh, thanks again from the Spartan Dog for Life podcast. We're just getting started here. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.